1: what's going on everybody welcome back to the geno time podcast here on the blue wire podcast network we're brought to you by bet online my name is tom westerholm and today i am joined by nicole yang and our good pal chris Gretham. guys the celtics are in some trade rumors i know we're all stunned to hear that that's the case we wanted to talk a little bit about uh sham strania on the athletic mentioned the boston celtics and said that the celtics are going after jeremy grant uh of the detroit pistons Now, Scal on the NBC Sports Boston broadcast has brought up Jeremy Grant. Grant, obviously, is having an unbelievable season, uh, averaging over 23 points, five rebounds, uh, almost three assists, um, and a steal a game. Shams points out that he's a leader for the Most Improved Player of the Year Award. All of that said, I am not sure that uh, Jeremy Grant wants to be in Boston it doesn't seem like really what he's looking for so let's start with the fit it feels like Jeremy Grant would pretty much be like the picture perfect piece for the Celtics if they could convince him that Boston is a place that he would want to be
2: yeah I mean I don't think we even need to talk about the fit I'm pretty sure that Jeremy Grant is not coming to Boston and I don't (laughs) doubt Sham's reporting I'm sure the Celtics are interested and I'm sure the Celtics have identified him as a great fit he's having a fantastic season but If you look at the reasons behind why he signed with Detroit, it just doesn't align with the Celtics at all. Like, one, he really wanted to play for a Black coach and a Black GM. That's not the case in Boston. And then he received the same amount of money from the Nuggets, who were a title contender, but he would have been more of a role player And he turned that down because he sort of wanted his team as well and sort of wanted to spread his wings. And like, he's done that and it's worked out great for him. I don't think any, I think at the time, maybe that decision would have been like a little head scratcher, but now it makes sense for him, but he's going to be a secondary, not a primary option in Boston. Like, I just don't see it happening. And like, you see all the jokes on Twitter, like, The Celtics are interested in Jeremy Grant. Haha, I want to go on a date with Holly Berry. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure everybody has sort of accepted that this isn't happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just not happening. I also feel, I honestly feel kind of bad that that's even like, this is even being thrown out there because you know Jeremy Grant hears that and he's like, come on, like, you got to be kidding me. And and again, these kind of rumors, it doesn't even mean like the Pistons are shopping them because I don't even think they are. It's just like, yeah, why wouldn't the Celtics be interested in a really good two-way scorer? super athletic, very long. Like he fits everything they need. So sure. They're going to make a call on him, but no, they're not going to trade him. He definitely would not want to come to Boston for a variety of reasons, all of which Nicole had already hit on. Like he's not coming. Sure. He'd be a great fit for this roster, but I don't really think there's much else to say. It's not going to happen.
1: Like, yeah, I just, I don't see it. I don't think this is happening. And uh, there's no rationale why this would even kind of come together. And, Scal talks to a lot of people. I would not be surprised if he's heard Grant's name floated around. But I'm with you guys. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any <laughs> conceivable way that Jeremy Grant is going to play for the Boston Celtics this year.
0: I also think the Celtics have long been interested in him, which is probably why Scal mentioned it on the air. And I do need to like just to clear my uh, internal like conflict. I was all over Scal when he said that on the broadcast. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like Jeremy Grant. Never going to come, whatever. Well, clearly there was some chatter within, like, the organization that they were very interested. So, Scout, you didn't hear me yell at you, but I did. So I apologize (laughs) because you were clearly on the right trail, and
1: I was not. And, I mean, again, the the fit makes a lot of sense uh, except that.
0: I also think there is a lot to be said about the culture that they're building in Detroit because James Edwards from The Athletic reported on this, too. Even talking about the culture that they're building with guys like Wayne Ellington, like other, like, vets that they – Might even be hesitant to deal at the deadline just because their locker room is in pretty good shape. Yeah, they have one of the worst records in the league, but like they do like what they're building. They weren't expected to win a bunch this year anyway. So I do think that they're taking that into account as well, which is just another reason on a long list of reasons why they won't be trading Jeremy Grant.
1: Like The other weird thing about it is just like, what would the Celtics offer that Detroit would give up a guy who they just signed i like that i just don't even see like what the piece would be like are, are they you know did they offer marcus smart even then like like i mean smart's a, a great defender and, and a really good player but like jeremy grant like the way he's playing he's like a, a, an all-star candidate if the pistons get good again like i i think that would be a really tough uh, obviously that would be a really tough trade for the celtics to pull off for a number of reasons
0: yeah, I mean you'd have to include a lot of picks alongside whatever players you're sending over to. That'd be no joke.
1: No question. And look, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe that's worth it because like Jeremy Grant is only 26. Maybe if you just traded a ton of picks and you said Jeremy Grant, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum would win a lot of games for a while. And, and a those probably wouldn't be that valuable. So let's say you traded three first round picks, getting a player like Jeremy Grant once out of three drafts would be like a super successful streak. So that, that yep. would make sense. But again, we're probably going too long on a guy who's not headed to Boston. <laughs> Another name uh, that, that was floated out by Shams, and this one that might be a little bit more interesting just because he does seem to be pretty available. Magic center, Nikola Vucevic, definitely a scorer, definitely somebody who would help offensively, not a great defender per se. So I, I don't know, I mean, what, what do you guys think about uh, the potential for Vooch? Salary-wise, it's pretty appealing,
0: like he's got a descending deal moving forward, but Where the Celtics have to, the Celtics have to send out salary in a trade, even if they use the TP to stay under the hard cap, right? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, Vucevic is a really good player, but again, this is a, the asking price is really, really high with him, but I do think he's pretty available compared to some of the names he's been put next to in the market. Like he doesn't fit the timeline of the magic. Sure. Like he's playing really well and, and he's a very good player, but his timeline is not in line with the rest of their core similar to a guy like Fournier or something like that. So I, I definitely do think he's available. I would just be curious to see what the package would be because it would be a pretty major haul.
2: I guess first I was curious, Tom, I know you've been pretty anti-bolstering the bigs and the five because of the log jam that they already have going on. Like, has your opinion changed on that?
1: No, I think if you're going to get Vucevic, I think that even if you just look at like the players who would probably have to be involved, I think you might be looking at the end of Rob Williams' time in Boston. Like. You're going to have to trade something super valuable. And, like, that's, I think, something that, like, like you know, if Celtics fans want, you know, Vucevic, like, okay. Like, you're going to have to give up a lot for that guy, for a 30-year-old center who isn't a great defender. I, I would I, – I think there's a lot of uh, – I think there would be a lot of concerns making, like, a huge move for a big man like that. Like, he adds a lot to your offense, and he would add a lot to the Celtics offense. I, I don't – like, I don't think you should downplay that. Um, you know, he's, he's a good shooter, and, and he just kind of – he gives you something in the middle – where you can just kind of dump the ball down to him and he will probably do something good with it. So just that little bit of like, um, you know, unique offense would really help, but the other stuff is concerning.
2: Right. And like, that's the thing is I feel like if they're trading for Vucevic, there's no way they're hanging on to Rob Tice and Tristan Thompson. Vucevic is an obvious upgrade over Tristan Thompson. I I don't think Tristan Thompson can be like the center of that trade package. So I, I agree. It's like looking at Rob, which just like, doesn't make sense to me.
1: You better be pretty sure if you're trading Rob Williams that Vucevic is going to come. Like, here's the case for Vuce, right? If you trade for him and you know he's going to give you offense, I have never seen how he does against Joel Embiid. And we know that, like, Ennis Cantor was, like, okay against Joel Embiid just because he was, like, strong. I mean, this year's Embiid is a different, like, a very different player. You know, if Vucevic gives you something that, that Thompson doesn't against him, plus he gives you all that offense, there's something there. But – You'd be trading a guy who is one of the best athletes in the entire league, crazy long arms, you know, like a great passer, all this stuff. Like Rob has got so much to his game that's just untapped at this point. I would be scared to give that up for a 30-year-old.
0: I would be too, especially for a 30-year-old who, when you talk about him, all the strengths are offensive. Like he doesn't bring a crazy amount of pluses on the defensive side of the ball. Like I just don't know if it's worth giving up a massive haul because it would have to be really, really big. For a guy who I know the Celtics are willing to be a luxury tax team. They have been in the past, but like that puts you in the luxury tax moving forward, probably with his deal, even though it's descending by a couple million a year for the next couple of years. Like kind of similar to Grant. I don't really see this happening. Uh, I think it's more likely than Grant, but I just don't think it makes a ton of sense financially and also from what the Celtics would have to give up. I think Vucevic is a great player and he would really help the Celtics out. But again, I think they can address their needs in a better way, if that makes sense.
1: It definitely does. I mean, like, okay, so the Celtics right now have the 14th best offense in the NBA. If you're trying to be a contender, like, that's just not going to – Not good enough, you know, yeah. That's just not going to cut it.
2: What is their defense rank right now?
1: That is their defense. Did I say offense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's their defense. They have the 14th oh, okay. ranked defense in the NBA. Right. So it's not make... getting any better with Busevich. It's definitely not getting better with Busevich. The offense will get better. Um, You know, the offense is 13th. But to, have, to be a contender with a 14th-ranked defense, you need to have the number one offense in the NBA. Yes. Like, it has to be Houston Rockets, 2017, 18, whatever, like, level good. It has to be awesome. That's not what Boston has. Uh, so maybe, you know, may, maybe this team just kind of needs to get its cohesion. Maybe the defense would improve. Obviously, getting Marcus Smart back would help. But, you know, at that stage, you would have Kemba Walker – and Vucevic, neither of whom is going to be a plus defender. And I, I don't know. Like, I just yeah. I have a hard time seeing a contender with when your point of attack and your, your defense at the rim just is pretty subpar.
0: 100%. They have a lot of bigs right now already, and I know you'd be sending one out if you get him. Like, that doesn't fix any of the needs on the wing. I know it opens up their offense a lot, but you're still going to have holes in that offense, even though you improve. You have other trade exceptions, like you can make other moves, but I don't know. I think there's better ways to go about the deadline. Agreed.
2: Out of curiosity, I just put in uh, Tristan Thompson with Romeo Langford into the trade machine to see if it would work, and it obviously failed, but I think with the trade exception, it might work, I don't know, I I mean, also value-wise, I don't know if that's enough, but yeah.
1: No, I definitely don't think that's enough, I mean, you'd have to include, like, picks and stuff, but... I'm pretty sure that would work because I'm pretty sure what would happen is then Busevich would get absorbed into the trade exception. He makes $26 this year, so he's higher than the Celtics can go. But by trading out Thompson and Romeo, the Celtics get themselves low enough that they don't hit the hard cap and they're okay. I'm pretty sure that would still make the Celtics a luxury tax team, which down the line could trigger the repeater tax, which is something that I think the Celtics – probably uh, legitimately would have some concerns about if they don't think that Busevich makes them a contender right away. But that type of thing would probably work. I think the question would be how many picks are you giving up? You know, what other moves are, would you be hoping to make down the line? Because if you're a repeater tax team that adds up in a hurry. Like do the
2: Celtics even have enough to get a trade done if they want to hang on to Rob Williams and Marcus smart? No, no. Right. Like for a player that would actually make a difference.
1: No, with the caveat that like teams now do throw tons of picks at people and just like right. make it work. But so do
2: like, the Celtics want to do that. I that's feel like the question. Danny, he hasn't done an in-season trade in what six years. So yeah, I just I don't. I guess obviously I can see all of these trade targets and why they would make the Celtics better, but the package is what I just don't really see. Like I think that they'll want to hang on to Marcus Smart, and if anything. Marcus Smart's agent will be like, have you seen February? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look what happened. Yeah, I do think like it's going to be really hard to hang on to Rob Williams if you're going to make a significant deal, like basically impossible. With Vucevic particularly, like if they were to get deep into these negotiations, I think it becomes a three-team type scenario mm-hmm. because if you're trying to send out that six, I don't know what it is, 6.2 something million You're sending that out to stay under the hard cap. You got a lot of bodies moving around, or you try to bring in that third team, which sometimes can like simplify that a little bit. And so I think that would make a lot of sense in that scenario. But it's like impossible to to hold on to all your prized young guys in, in this deadline.
1: One thing I will say about Marcus Smart is that he is a free agent after next season. So if you were going to trade Marcus Smart, or if you were considering, you know, whether or not you want to pay Marcus Smart, I mean, because like Nicole just said, his agent is going to be able to point to the month of February and be like, you better pay my guy. And if you don't think you can pay Marcus Smart, like now is probably the time How's to the make time? The deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. And I think that's one of the criticisms of maybe how Danny has handled things over recent years is like, okay, Kyrie Irving walked, Al Horford walked, Terry Rozier walked. I mean, Born I guess Maple Terry walked. did the sign in trade, but still, like, he effectively walked.
1: Terry started walking and said, Celtics, you need to open the door for me. Terry, Terry,
0: Terry walked directly to the set of first take and told them that I'm
1: walking.
2: (laughs) Gordon Hayward walked like they've had all this talent just leave for no return. So no wonder they're sort of having these roster construction issues now. So I'm sure they want to retain Smart, but you really don't want to come to the same situation where, like, same with Kyrie, Al, Gordon, and I mean, maybe not Terry. I'm sure now they would love to have Terry, but you don't want to come to the exact same situation where you hope a guy stays, but he ends up leaving for elsewhere for whatever reason, more money, more opportunity, things went haywire, like, that would be the worst case scenario once again.
1: Well, and I think that all comes down to the valuation of Marcus Smart, because- if you believe that Marcus Smart is going to be worth roughly what you'd have to pay him, like give or take a few million um, a year, like then, yeah, like then you can hang on to him and just like tell him like, Hey, Marcus, we're going to take care of you, you know, no hurt feelings anywhere. But if you're nervous about having to pay Marcus Smart, I mean, what do we think like 20 million more like per year? Like I think he's getting that much for sure. You know, if you're worried about having to pay him that along with Jalen Brown, along with Jason Tatum, you know, along with whatever, know, whatever else. Yeah. Like this probably is the time to move on. I I think the Celtics should and probably will hang on to Marcus smart, but I don't think it's probably, I don't, I probably don't think it's quite as clear cut as most would assume. Curious where everybody is on Harrison Barnes. Now, last time we talked about him was probably, you know, a month ago or whatever. He tailed off for a while, actually fell off a cliff for a while. There was a stretch there where he was scoring like six or seven points a game.
0: Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your
1: podcast. They back up to his numbers for the year, you know, 40% from three, about 17 points a game. Sacramento stinks. They lost it's something like nine like in a row, nine in <laughs> a row. Yeah, it feels like Harrison Barnes might be more available than he was maybe a few weeks ago. And, and maybe he wouldn't cost quite as much, but he still would require, I think, the TPE. So I, what yeah. do we think about him?
0: I mean, I still think he's a really good fit with this team. I don't think that's changed. I think it was the timing was really funny of that nine game losing streak or whatever it was because when all the Harrison Barnes chatter was going like the Kings were winning and people were like no oh, they could be buyers at the deadline you never know and then they just melted down so I think you like you said he's a little bit more available than he was back then that being said I think B elites is probably a more realistic Kings target I think they're definitely more willing to part ways with him and I know Shams mentioned him or the Celtics being interested in him as well and I think he has I would have to look up his contract but like he's someone who's a proven stretch for he completely fell out of their rotation I don't really know the reasons I don't watch the Kings every night but either way very sporadic play but he could help the team I'm pretty sure they could get him through one of the other exceptions I think he only makes like seven million a year back to Harrison Barnes like yes I think he is a super great fit for this team I don't think he's as realistic as a guy like B-Lead's is.
1: Well, I think the nice thing about Bielitza too, is that, you know, you could get yourself some, some help right now, especially offensively yeah. and uh, you could still maintain TPE for uh, the summer. If that's you Use it in the, the
0: off season. season. So, right. I think that's um, a pretty appealing case.
1: Yeah, that's probably fair. I still think that like a player like Harrison Barnes is just like, he's a little older and everything, but he is just like, he feels like the perfect fit to me. Like the kind of the, not quite as good as Jeremy Grant, but like, again, like that, three, four hybrid defends everything. Like he's exactly what they're looking for. Three is like, he's exactly what they're looking for. So I don't know. I mean, maybe this team is too far away from contention to be thinking that way. Maybe they need to be thinking for like a younger guy, but I mean, honestly, I'm not that enamored with any of the younger guys out there. So yeah. it's, it's kind of tough.
2: I think that's my take right now It's just like, I don't really know if there's anything out there that's going to help the Celtics get that much closer to contention that it's worth making a deal and I know maybe Tom, you want to explain Danger Cart, Ryan Bernadoni, friend of the show's theory on why they should use it now, as opposed to waiting until the off season. But like, I think I'm sort of in the wait until the off season right now, because you, you've you got Marcus Smart coming back. I mean, Rob is just like playing the best basketball of his career, really seems to be putting things together. Kemba seems to be trending upward. Like now, I don't know if that's good enough for a championship, but like, you've at least got like a strong foundation here that you're building on. And I'm sure there are smaller moves that make sense and would uh, make this team better, but like the big TPE, I still think it might be best to save for the off season.
1: So the case that Ryan makes and it's a good one um, is that if you trade for a player, now you get him for an extra postseason. season Um, If you trade for somebody who's an expiring contract, this is the only time you can get him. You know, the, the trade market might dry up a bit, uh, you know, during the off season, uh, you know, there's only so many spots to kind of go around. There's 450 players under contract right now in the off season, that number drops to like 300 and teams are going to know that the Celtics have this use it or lose it trade exception, you know? So if you get to the off season teams might be like, okay, like, yeah, we'll trade you this guy. If you throw in a first teams could try to, uh, you know, really negotiate that way. So, I mean, I certainly see the argument there that makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm just not enthused about Aaron Gordon or whoever it is. Like I, I, and we, we can talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon too. Cause he's another guy on my list here that I think is probably worth mentioning. But, but yeah, when, when you get into like those type of guys, it's like, do we think that Aaron Gordon is going to move the needle for the Celtics? Like, I, I don't, do we think that like Larry Nance is going to move the needle for the Celtics? Like, I, I just, I don't necessarily see it. I mean, I think they move the needle, but not to a contender. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Like no one, no one on this. Uh, right. We're talking contender needle here. No, they don't move that. Like, it's just, I'm with, like kind of I understand Danger cards argument. The leverage portion of that makes a lot of sense to me. Like you're in the offseason, teams know your back's up against the wall. That puts front office in a difficult place. That being said, I just think it makes more sense to make a couple minor moves, get some temporary help right now, and see what options you have in the offseason because the market, sure, it could dry up in the offseason, but it's already pretty crappy right now. And there's no one who's really going to be able to get you a title right now. Like you're not going to first off, I don't even think they can go get Aaron Gordon, realistically. And if and Say they do, I don't even think that makes them a contender. So I just think the options right now are so slim that make a couple mid-level moves, get some temporary help, and then look toward the offseason with that.
1: It's tough, man.
2: And I think Gronom brings up a good point. And we were sort of touching on this earlier. Like, Who can they realistically get hanging on to Rob? Because I do think hanging on to Rob is important at this point. I mean, I would hope that hanging on to Rob is important. I don't actually know, but.
1: So here's a uh, put you guys on the spot question. Is it more important to hang on to Rob or Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart. I think
0: Rob's ceiling is super, super high. Just don't trust his durability down the road. I don't. I there's a lot more question marks there, and I think with the makeup of this team, it's more important to hang on to Smart because Rob is totally valuable. So Rob, I'm not saying Rob sucks. Rob, no, Rob, but Rob
2: was active and having a very good February, and the team still like yeah,
1: <laughs> right, right. I think the other thing too, is that I bet Rob has more trade value right now. There's some buzz there and he's younger than smart. And uh, you know, he's still on his first contract. Like I'd be curious if the Celtics have have kind of taken a look at that. And uh, you know, if they've, if one of the reasons that maybe he hasn't gotten the most minutes is because they need to keep him healthy. We'll see what happens. I
0: I bet that's definitely on their radar. That national exposure momentum going up a little bit. It's gotta be.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. So let's talk about a couple other guys here too. Uh, Gretem, I know you're a big fat young guy. Very reliable player. Again, I don't know that he's somebody that moves the contender needle, but nope, uh definitely you, uh, doesn't. <laughs> why don't you make the Thad Young case?
0: I mean, he definitely again, this is someone who does not move that needle whatsoever, but he's one of the guys who I think is a cheaper option. I think it's like 13 million. He's a versatile guy. He's not really gonna help you with like totally reliable shooting on the wing, but he's a good, he's good on both sides of the floor. He's versatile. They need some versatility on both ends. Like depth wise, this team has no defensive versatility. So that's really my main thing with that young. Also, he's just a good guy to bring into the locker room. And I think he's going to be more, you know, widely available compared to a lot of guys on this market. So I think that's like a smaller option that you could go after that I think is pretty appealing, but also just kind of realistic.
1: He's he's such a good scorer in the paint too. Like, Like he's got all those weird little like flips and hook shots and stuff that he that he can throw in like those are kind of nice and like you said he's not the most like reliable perimeter shooter by any means but I do feel like you know he's just he's just an adult like he's 32 he doesn't turn the ball over like he just kind of like it's just like a like a good solid basketball player like a a proven
0: a, a proven guy at the deadline is like that's a win like that does help teams down the stretch so I think there's value in that
2: also with like the Celtics youth Again, just like an adult on the floor, I think is valuable. The
1: Celtics have a bunch such of such st- a funny saying. <laughs>
0: so let's get an adult for this court.
1: <laughs> the Celtics have some stars and some guys who are promising, and absolutely nobody who is just, uh, just, a, just a real, you know, it's kind of like a dad, you know, just like. Just gonna, <laughs> like I'm just going a to work. And go home, I'm just like, going to work. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> they so, need dad yeah. young
0: to punch the clock.
1: Dad young,
2: and he seems more gettable. Like I don't think his cost will be as high. So that's good too.
0: Definitely more available.
1: And then the other guy, so I mentioned him a second ago, but I, I, another guy who I think probably would be a, uh, like if you're just trying to make like this team a little bit better without trying to like, you know, go for contention because maybe you can't get there is Larry Nance. He's obviously like very athletic, very versatile. He's shooting really well from three and very poorly from the free throw line. So, you know, make of that whatever you want, but yeah, again, just kind of like another like solid player. You know for sure he's gonna be in the rotation. Do you guys kind of feel the same way about him that you feel about that Young, basically?
0: I do. I mean, I think he would definitely help defensively. He I think he was he had a really good steal average before he got hurt. Also, yeah. I saw Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com. He reported that he might be back for their first game after the all-star break. So, like he's far ahead of schedule, which means the teams are gonna get a look at him before the deadline comes around that's going to be a problem with guys like Aaron Gordon and stuff. So I think the Celtics would be more willing to go after him because he's not fresh off of an injury in late March. You know what I mean?
1: Is Aaron Gordon for sure out to the all-star break or to the trade deadline? Cause he's like, it was like no a four idea. to six week injury and it's been about four weeks.
0: He's probably right around the cusp of returning in the next couple of weeks. I would think.
1: I think one of my big concerns with Aaron Gordon is just that like, like without, with a big ankle sprain like that, you just don't know what he's going to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I think you really do have to consider when you make a trade here, like, not only like going forward, like that helps. Like certainly, you know, like getting somebody who can contribute um, next year as well is big. But like you need somebody for this year. Like this year's team, like you, this you need some support here.
2: And then the the last thing I'll say too is like the Celtics aren't the only ones interested in these guys. Right. It's I feel like I'm seeing the same names circulated in the rumors, like Aaron Gordon, Larry Nance. Like you Google Aaron Gordon, and it's like. NBA rumors, Aaron Gordon, John Collins linked as trade targets for the Timberwolves. And then you Google Larry Nance and you see several contenders expected to make a run at Larry Nance Jr. Like that, I think also makes the Celtics chances pretty slim because I think other teams are going to have more compelling packages.
1: And I will say, too, I think a lot of times what, what seems to happen is that Danny Ainge, like, you know, comes up with somebody like off the radar that nobody sees coming. And it's like, oh, wow, like, you know, that that's interesting. But like, I think the fact that the names that are being floated around the Celtics right now are Jeremy Grant and, you know, Vucevic that indicates that there might not be anybody off the radar out there. Like, like the Celtics are pursuing these names that everybody, you know, like Danny Ainge had to do the same thing we did, which is Google bad teams and like, okay, who's on the bad team? (laughs) Like, it seems like maybe, maybe this year that that like the, the, the names that are being floated really are the ones who could be available.
2: Right. And then if you go back to like the numbers thing, like there's going to be fewer players under contract this off season. I mean, I would say that there's fewer players available right now because of the expanded playoff field and how many people think that they're in playoff contention and want to hang on. So I think there could be more players available come the off season because teams will know obviously that they did not make the playoffs and would be more willing to negotiate.
0: That does throw a wrench in the trade market for sure. There's so many teams that normally would not be buyers right now that might be even like, just considering it, like that just changes the dynamic of the market. Right. right
2: like playoff berths actually mean a lot to those organizations right on the edge there. Yeah. Like that saves like GM jobs, coaches jobs, like things like that. Like the Hawks just fired Lloyd Pierce. And they said it was because of playoff performance. And there are so many excuses. I mean, that might be a bad example because that was like, especially egregious, but you know what I mean? Like like, this stuff is important to those organizations. So I think they're going to do whatever they can to make the playoffs. If you're in that range, like that eight to 10 range.
0: Also like the teams that are probably like set on being sellers, like the Cavaliers, like they definitely have higher priorities than trading Larry Nance. Like they're looking to move Andre Drummond and do they really want to have at the top of their priority? Like let's move 28 year old Larry Nance, like far less likely than moving Andre Drummond. So those inter organizational like dynamics
1: are important here too, but it's going to be really hard to move Andre Drummond. Celtics <laughs> so just keep calling about Larry Nance and Kobe Altman's Just like, have you, uh, I don't I, have time. Have precisely one Andre Drummond. <laughs> I don't have time to talk Danny about Larry Nance.
0: Larry Nance, though, I think would be a good addition, but I just don't know how, how interested they would be. I think the price might be more high, might be higher than the uh, Celtics are willing to pay. I would agree.
2: Two other things that I saw floated, I forget originally by who, so my apologies. The Celtics might not make a move because they want to stay in contention for the next superstar that will become available um because if they make a move it might tie their hands or their roster in a way that like say Bradley Beal or Cat or whoever does want out of their team they no longer can do that while retaining the players they want to retain like obviously hard to say but like what do you guys think of that
0: Yeah that's I think that's always in the back of every team's mind that's in a major market like the Celtics like the Celtics always seem to be in play and they always want to be in play so you don't want to tie your hands down the road but I definitely think that if the right option were to come forward they would make the move. I also think that could be them maybe hedging a little bit saying, well, this market kind of sucks. And so if we don't make a move, don't shit on us because it's just because we're waiting for the next big move down the line. Like,
1: I think there might be a little hedging in there. I would agree. I But I also just think like you have this trade exception. You gave up two second round picks. To yeah, get it. you got to use it. You got to use it. Like, it's literally use it or lose it. And, like, I I get that, like, yeah, you you might not get exactly what you want. I get that you can't go get Bradley Beal. I just feel like you got to get something. And then even if you get somebody who helps some, who then can be used as, like, you know, part of a trade for, like, a bigger player, you know, down the line, like maybe you do that. You know, I know that KOC floated like Al Horford as like a potential guy for the Celtics. That was going to be my uh, next
2: point that I was going to bring up.
1: Like, I know that's like, you know, been floated out there as sort of like, just as like sort of a placeholder.
2: Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just think Danny has been dropping hints and wick in their radio interviews that like, we're not using it at the deadline, unless things drastically change. I think they're trying to set people up for like stay patient, hang tight. type. Those,
0: time. those mid-level moves are coming. And it's going to be super, like, it's not going to be flashy. Fans are not going to like it. It's going to be very boring. And they're going to look to the offseason with the bigger TP. And I really do think that makes a lot of sense. But I agree. I think they're being pretty realistic with the way they're leading up to it. And I think it makes sense on a number of levels to just save the big one for the offseason. Agreed.
1: All right, guys. Well, we can leave it there. If you have any awesome ideas uh, for people to sell this good trade for, please drop them all into Nicole Yang's DMs. Feel free to leave us a a nice rating, a nice review, and we will talk to you all uh, soon.